The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is an educational video from Bradley. Uh, he was off again on Saturday. And I think a lot of that has to do with he's trying to get these books done. So if he's missing radio shows, that's probably the main reason why he's doing it, just to try to get these things out of the way. Uh, but that's still up there. And um, I'm guessing he'll be live today at 3 p.m. If not, we'll have another education video in that area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got there, and then look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that. Join us in the chat on Rumble. We've got a lot of friends over there on Rumble this morning. Good morning, you guys. Good to see you. And um, <clears throat> while you're over there, the channel is Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. Now, I know some people have problems with the app on Rumble. I don't know what the deal is. I, maybe there's some still development or whatever. There's... Not only do you have to sign into Rumble, but I found I was trying to help um, our friend up in Pennsylvania to get into the chat. I found that if you use the app, not only do you have to sign in to get into the app to go in there, you know, and do what you're doing. But once you get there, if you scroll down, you have to actually click to sign in to get into the chat, which is kind of weird. Um, so I, I, maybe you want to check that. If you can't get that on your phone, then use your phone's browser. Go to Rumble.com. And then look for Sons of Liberty Radio Live for the channel and the search should come up in there and you should be able to comment through that. I, I do know you can do that on your phone. OK, so um, if you're having a problem with that, that's something you might want to look at. Um, but be sure to subscribe over there on that channel. Also, before it's news.com, top of the page, Michael Roach and his team have given us a spot over there. And we do appreciate you guys very much for uh, giving us a, a, a place on your platform as well. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. That goes out once a day, uh, early afternoon, late evening, or 
how should it late afternoon, early evening. Uh, that's all of the articles we have for sonsoflibertymedia.com for the day, including the morning show archive. So any of the stuff we reference, the the scriptures, videos, articles, any of that stuff, um, you'll see that that'll be all packaged nice and neat. In case you want to share one thing or the whole thing or whatever you want to do with friends, you can do that. Um, so that's at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Be sure and sign up for that email there. All right, real quickly, I'm going to hit just a couple of, of, of just some things, some headlines that have come out here in the past couple of days. And, you know, it's interesting to me. I've been doing this for about um, well, a little over a decade. And I can tell you on the inside what's going to go over well and what's not. Um, if you have, you can write the greatest article in the world, the most informative article in the world. And if your title is bleh, it's bland, hardly anybody's going to read it. Just the way it is. But that's the way we're geared. Now, it used to not be like that. Uh, if you've read any of these guys of the past, <laughs> especially some of the Puritan writers or uh, some of these other guys, John Bunyan had some of them too. They have titles that are like entire paragraphs. And it's almost comical to me when I, when I used to see that. Uh, as a new Christian who would read some of those old writings, uh, I would I would see that and I would just kind of chuckle. I was like, man, if you put that out today, this nobody's going to read that. You got to whittle that thing down and make it a little provocative to to draw the attention in there. And it, it is that old saying, if it bleeds, it leads kind of thing. I mean, that's just a reality. And the conservative part and Christian part are a lot the same as the mockumentary. I recognize you got to draw people in to those things. And so, yep, I'll have a provocative headline, but I keep it within the context of what the truth is about whatever's going on there. Uh, I've seen too many people, man, there was one guy, uh, made a, he made a lot of money before he got in trouble. And um, man, some of his writers were great. And then somebody else evidently put another title on it, didn't have anything to do with whatever they were presenting. I went over there about two or three times didn't get what the headline was offering. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to play games with this guy. Anyway, with that said, I think that is an appeal many times to our base nature to, to see what, what is this? What is this that's going on? And oftentimes what we find is, is it shows us the wickedness of man. It shows us the wickedness of man. Uh, my friend Mike and I were talking yesterday about some of this, uh, specifically with the Roman Catholic Church, but 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 about wicked the wickedness of man in general. I got a really nasty email from a guy, um, and just he really has a problem with me using the term sodomite. It's a biblical term. It's also a term you'll find in Webster's eighteen twenty eight. Um, it defines what men are engaged in. When they commit sodomy, that's what it is. Um, I guess he thinks I'm going to hell for that. <laughs> but I think uh, anybody who's so sensitive to that probably has their own uh, sins that they're dealing with, and it probably relates to that particular issue. And we all have sins that we must overcome. That's what we're called to do as Christians. We're not called to succumb to it. Jesus has saved us from sin. We're going to talk a little bit about that today as we 
look at the wickedness of man revealed. These are just a couple of headlines, okay? This one was from, um, I think this was from Saturday, Friday, something like that. Millionaire crypto influencer found chopped up in a suitcase. He had just sent out a cryptic message just before his death. This is the guy for you guys who are on the video platform. This is him. The left side is the uh, the suitcase. And of course, they have it pixelated out. Like uh, his arm was found in there, his legs um, and such. And they identified him, obviously, by his tattoos on his arm. But uh, this, this gentleman, I mean, kids, children came up on this suitcase and found it. Went and told their parents and they called the police and police have launched a murder investigation after the dismembered remains of missing millionaire Fernando Perez Algaba, 41, was discovered by a group of children in Argentina over the weekend. Grizzly case came to light after the kids found a red suitcase filled with body parts while playing by a stream in the town of Ingeniero, Budge, Buenos Aires province on Sunday. I, I mean... Stop and think for a second. What kind of mindset do you have to get into? Now, we, we've read from Judges uh, 19, where the priest cut up the dead body of his concubine, sent it out into, um, into all Israel, and they came to deal with the sodomites. And they were sodomites. They wanted, they wanted the priest. They didn't want the woman. They wanted the priest, but they took the, they took the woman instead. And they, he sent it out, but he didn't send it out as a message of, hey, don't mess with us, or whatever the message is that's supposed to be here. He sent it out as one, hey, there's some justice that needs to be brought here. That's what he's that's why he sent it out. This guy, or who the people, whoever killed this guy, I mean, what kind of mindset do you have to be in to kind of do that? He was shot first, like three times, they said. Just it just shows the wickedness of man. And then we have the great usurper in chief, Barack Hussein Obama Satoris Abarka. And if, if anybody has a problem with me using that name, go look up Barry Satoro. That's his name. Sabarka was his name when his mother was married to this guy over in uh, Indonesia. So when I say that, I'm not saying to play a joke. That's his name. Um, last week, there was news about his chef dying in a paddleboard accident before sundown. Witnesses saw him. Nobody tried to help him. Now, why do you think that is? And we're told the Obamas say, oh, we weren't at home. Now it seems they were at home. We got pictures now of Barry out there on the golf course. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I got to tell you, when I saw it, if any of you have seen the remake of The Manchurian Candidate, uh, the guy they had as the Manchurian candidate ended up having to go out and he ended up killing the girl he had a thing for. He killed her father in the water and then he turned and killed her. And I'm not saying that Barry had something specifically to do with it, but I find this very curious. These are the images of Barry this weekend playing golf. Anybody notice anything there? Yeah, he's got some injuries there to his hand. Now, I've seen pictures of Barry doing the paddleboarding, so I know he does it. This guy was this this chef was found on what was termed his property there, 100 feet from shore and 8 feet of water. No head injuries. 
um, no reason that I can think of as to why this guy should have drowned. But there he is there. And then you can notice also under his eye here. Looks like he's been punched or whatever. And before you say, well, you know, and I say on here, I'm not saying he had anything to do with it, but I find it curious that these injuries are there in just a couple of days after this stuff went on. And I'm not the only one to kind of play around with the conspiracy here. This is the Mockingbird Media Newsweek. Newsweek reported Campbell's death has, and that's the, uh, the chef, the sous chef that they had. Campbell's death has parallels with that of Walter Scheib, an executive chef at the White House for 11 years under Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. Scheib drowned in June 2015 while hiking in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains near Teos in uh, New Mexico. Massachusetts State Police said Campbell's body was discovered at a depth of eight feet, about eight feet. 100 feet from the edge of Egertown Great Pond. Now, they go on through this uh, a little bit further, and then they they reference Scheib again. He was 61. He was reported missing on June the 16th, 2015 by his girlfriend after setting off on what authorities believe was a fishing trip three days later, or three days earlier. I, I, I just, Maybe I'm wrong here, but it seems a little strange to me. Most people that I know don't go out on a fishing trip just by themselves. They usually have somebody to go sit with. Now, I'm not saying they don't, but most of the time they have somebody to go fishing with. Anyway, he's out there by himself. His body was found submerged in a mountain drainage flowing with surface runoff about 25 yards from the Yerba Canyon Trail. It was hidden from view by dense vegetation and a steep rocky decline. Hmm. The New York Post also covered it that way, too. Just pointing out the parallels and saying, isn't this kind of curious? Even the Washington Free Beacon, their, their title was Axis of Evil, Obama's Clinton's, uh, Obama's Clinton's Linked to Suspicious Deaths. These two chefs have drowned since 2015. And, uh, of course, they, they point out the similarities there, and they say why it matters. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but two former White House chefs dying via drowning since 2015 seems pretty suspicious, especially when the Clintons are involved. I agree. Totally agree. Now, you can probably write Mr. Scheib up as part of the Clinton body count as well. But you people make up your mind. I'm not going to tell you what to believe. I just find it curious. I find it very suspicious. Then we have this, and I'm just giving you the bad news first before we get into the good news, okay? This guy, wow. Trans-delusional double, mur double murderer who killed his two children, his two babies, took one of them and stuffed them in a plastic container. He'll get a tax-funded breast implant surgery after Gavin Newsom halted his death penalty and transferred him to a women's prison. I don't even think I... Yeah, this is the guy right here. Now, on the main page, he's got a big beard. Um, and this is his wife. Uh, she was sentenced to 15 years to life in connection with the death of her daughter, Montana. But this is what we do. 
you know, there used to be the thing a long time ago when I was a kid. We used to watch those old Batmans, you know, the Adam West where he looks like he's running around in his underwear. Um, those kind. And you would always hear him say uh, to to his sidekick, Robin, crime never pays. Crime doesn't pay. Well, now that the wicked are in power, in authority, crime is paying, isn't it? It's paying out big bucks. It's paying for the delusions of men like this. This man shouldn't even be breathing, let alone being in a women's prison, let alone getting some kind of breast implant surgery to go along with his delusion. He should be taking a permanent dirt nap is what he should be doing. If justice was actually rendered. But you know what? We can't even find Christians who will agree with that sometimes. Many people who say they believe the Bible reject God's commands as well as his statutes and certainly in most cases, his judgments. We can't even get them to agree on that, even though that's what should happen. This is, this is where the wickedness of man leads. See, the law and the Spirit of God, they tend to control man's depravity to some, to some extent. Most men. When that is removed, when those restraints are removed, and they're being removed in this society, that's why you're seeing a just an explosion of wickedness, an explosion of real crimes against other people. Why you're seeing this, this reprobate mind come out of people in public, unashamed, this is why you see them targeting the children the way they do. It's because justice is not being administered. Real law is not being upheld. And I'm not talking about this stuff that man makes up so he can you know, fill the state's coffers. Things that are directly contradictory to what the Word of God says. I'm talking about real crimes. And the people end up paying for it. Instead of the criminal paying for it, the people pay for it. Yeah, people in California, you're going to pay for this guy who thinks he's a woman to get breast implants. You're going to pay for that. It, does that sound like justice to you? But many people in California, and it's not, I know it's not all of them, it's mostly these metropolis areas, will say, oh, well, you know, he can, he can be a woman if he wants to. No, he can't. He'll never be a woman. Let me hit these, and then we're going we're gonna to go to the scriptures here. The United Nations have uh, introduced something called iVerify. So we had eVerify here in the States, of which the usurper Barack Hussein Obama Satoru Sabarka couldn't pass to get a job at McDonald's, by the way. Uh, we did an article on that and showed you uh, that he couldn't pass eVerify. Now the United Nations have their own thing called iVerify. We've um, been talking about all these uh, different things. I showed you the video the other day. I think it was in China where the people were lined up around the block to go get in front of this orb to get their eyeballs scanned for WorldCoin. Uh, we've recently seen Real ID introduced. It, 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 are you guys familiar with the Real ID stuff? I mean, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. The Real ID stuff went to the um, DMV. My son's getting his permit. 
and they're like, well, you know, we'll, we'll put the star on here because in 2025, if you get on a domestic flight, we're not talking about international. We're just talking about you're going to fly from one state to another here in the United States. You're going to have to have real ID. Now, the only thing that is different in the real ID is, guess what? Blast from the past, a yellow star on your driver's license. That's all it is. You don't have to provide any more information. You don't have to take a special kind of photo. You don't have to provide your thumbprint or anything like that. It's just they want a star on there, a yellow star, for you to take a domestic flight. It's absolutely crazy. If you wanted to leave out of here as Charlotte just to fly to Raleigh, you have to have that by 2025 or you can't get on you can't get on the plane what in the world all in the name of what keeping you safe and secure and what did what do the guys warn us about if that's what you're going to do you're going to give up your individual liberty for safety and security you deserve neither one of them that's what they're trying to push on the people absolutely incredible absolutely incredible so here, we've got this. Um, this comes from the United Nations Development Program. And uh, this lady, uh, boy, I, her, the first name is a little, I want to call her just Stav. <laughs> Stavrola Pabst, I believe is how you pronounce her first name. I'm pretty sure Pabst I got right. The United, she writes, the United Nations Development Program, UNDP, is has quietly announced the rollout of an automated Anti-disinformation tool. That's what this is. That's what they call it. An anti-disinformation tool. I verify this spring. The instrument initially created to support election integrity. Yeah, right. Right. The United Nations that's, that's been led by nothing but socialists and communists is interested in uh, shutting up disinformation. Anybody heard that one before? Yep. Election integrity centers a multi-stakeholder approach spanning the public and private sectors to provide national actors. Oh, don't you like that word? National actors. That's exactly what they are. Provide national actors with a support package to enhance identification, monitoring, and response capacity to threats to information integrity. <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up. Stop and think about it just a second. Uh, Antonio Gutierrez, the guy, the, the socialist leading the United Nations now. This guy gets up and he says, we're, we're leaving the global warming. We're entering the era of global boiling. Let me ask you something. Do you see that guy actually reducing his carbon footprint or the carbon footprint of the United Nations? No. No, he's just carrying on with his life. He knows it's a scam. It's to get control over the people. It's to scare them. It's to, it's to put little Greta Thunbergs in utter fear for their lives if they don't save Gaia. You know, and this is how man is. This is how man is. If they won't worship God, they're going to worship false gods. And many choose to worship the earth. Now, I thank God for the creation 
I thank God for what he has put into creation to sustain our lives. We talked about, you know, we talk about a lot of this, uh, especially on Saturdays, when we talk about our health. I praise God for the things he's made. He is a wise God. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, and he's made all things that we need. Both, Peter says, for life, that's to sustain our lives here, and for godliness. He hasn't just given us things for holiness. He's given us things for our lives. But people take the creation and they will worship it rather than the creator who is blessed forever, Romans chapter 1. And they think they're wise in doing so, and yet they're fools. They have made, you know, the the earth day, the worship of the earth. That's really what that is because they don't give glory to God for it. They don't give thanks to God for the creation. They have made the earth a God, and then they think they have to save their God. What kind of warped thinking is that? It is a reprobate mind. That's what it is. It's a reprobate mind. It's one that is turned from God. It will not honor him as God. And so God gives them up. Yes, I said God gives them up because that's what the scripture says. God does not love them. He's given them up to their sin, to their idolatry. And people need to get that through their head. God does not love everyone the same. He's not got peanut butter, schmoozy, syrupy, milk toasty kind of love. He is a very specific, definite love for the peop- for those who are his people. In the same manner that while I may be called to love other men, I am not to be involved with them romantically or sexually. In the same way I'm called to love other women, I'm not to be involved with them that way. My love for my wife is completely different than love for any other woman, including my daughter's. Everybody understands that. But then when it comes to God, they say, no, 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 God just has to love everybody. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And for some, he's turning them over. We're going to see where he just took a bunch of them and just destroyed them. But this I verify, it's really interesting, isn't it? They want to use it as an anti-disinformation tool. Very interesting. There's no doubt in my mind it'll be used to continue what the social media fascists have been doing, and that's shutting that down. By the way, we had documents come out uh, earlier that already confirm what we already knew from the uh, the Biden administration. And by the way, this was going on in the Trump administration too. We just we just haven't been told that Trump and his team were doing it, but I'll guarantee you they were doing it too about the different disinformation about the convicts. And the shots as they were rolled out, that he pushed out. It's amazing to me. This guy is responsible for unleashing the bioweapon in the United States, and people still think he's on their side and want to put him back in the White House. How deluded do you have to be to not see that? Now, I don't want Joe Biden in there either, but it is baffling to me that people want a guy in there who continues to pimp that shot, continues to take credit for it, and tells people nobody's died from this thing. There's nobody been hurt by this. Foolish, foolish people, I'm telling you. But the, this came out the other day. Now, now we have documentation. Now we had uh, Jen Psaki. Now she, let me let me just slow, ro- slow down here and 
This is Jen Psaki, just so you know. I mean, they were saying it with their own mouths, what they were doing. They were engaged in the violation of the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution against the people. In other words, they're committing treason against the people. They're giving aid and comfort to the enemies that were attacking the people through the convicts. And listen to what she said. So about, I think this was a question asked before, there's about 12 people who are producing 65% of anti-vaccine misinformation on social media platforms. All of them remain active on Facebook, despite some even being banned on other platforms, including Facebook, ones that Facebook owns. Third, uh, it's important to take faster action against harmful posts. As you all know, information travels quite quickly on social media platforms. Sometimes it's not accurate, and Facebook needs to move more quickly like your to press remove harmful, uh, uh, violative posts. Posts that will be within their policies for removal often remain up for days. That's too long. The information spreads too quickly. Finally, we uh, have proposed they promote quality information sources in their feed algorithm. Facebook has repeatedly shown that they have the leverage to promote quality information. We've seen them effectively do this um, in their algorithm over low quality information, and they've chosen not to use it in this case. And that's certainly an area that would have an impact. So these are uh, certainly the proposals. Uh, we engage with them regularly, and they certainly understand what our asks are. Okay. All right. So you hear what she's saying. We are actively engaged in violating the First Amendment. Actively engaged. There's no law for it. You know what? If somebody puts out bad information, they either will find out and they'll correct themselves. Look, I've had to do that before. I've made errors in things. That can happen. I don't fault people if they if they make a mistake on something. I don't fault people for that and they go, go back and correct it. But we were right all along about the shots. We, we have been right all along. And what has Facebook, YouTube, Twitter... By the way, my Twitter account's still not up. My old one still hasn't been put back. And I, they said, oh, we'll get back to you in 48 hours because I questioned what they were doing. Still hadn't done it. That was like a year and a half ago or something. But here she is telling you they are working against the people in contrast to the law they said they were going to uphold, that the people put up for them. But now we got documents that have come out, and they're revealing those. Uh, Thomas Massey had these. I don't know why this is uh, this did not come up here the way it should, but uh, Thomas Massey was the one who put this out. It's... Um, he says, new documents reveal the Biden administration pressured Facebook to remove and limit the sharing of true information, not false information, not disinformation, true information about the side effects of COVID vaccines. This is evil. That's what he says. This is evil. Well, you're right. It is evil. Why? The wickedness of man's heart. They're doing evil things, and then they have to do evil things to cover up their evil things. And here's one of the things, true information. The Surgeon General wants us to remove true information about side effects if the user does not provide complete information about whether the side effect is rare and treatable. That's not even the point. All these documents that Pfizer and the FDA have been forced to turn over tell us at every step of the way, every page indicates they knew it was injuring and killing people. They knew it. And they still went forward, and it's still out there. Nobody has stopped it. At this point, listen, everybody who administers a COVID shot 
everybody who's involved in the promotion of it, all of these big pharma companies, every one of them ought to be held to account for murder. That's what they're engaged in. Oh, Tim, that's a little strong. Well, go and ask the families of these people who've died from these shots, who've, who've faced just incredible, incredible adverse reactions to the shot. Go and ask them if you think it's a little too much. At the least, they're accessories at this point. I mean, we're three years into this thing as far as the shots. Somebody needs to give an account. And as far as I'm concerned, if we had anybody with any conscience at all, they would be looking to remove the corporate status of all of these big pharma companies and to eliminate them, to liquidate them, get rid of them. Oh, but they make other things too. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is nothing but sorcery too. And it's harmful to the people. Yeah, it might be keeping some people alive, but there's other means that can be used. Just ask Kate. Let's get some people in there who will actually bring people back to health. I don't even think it's government's responsibility to tell you the truth, but let's start looking to people who know what they're talking about, have lived it, and have shown it. But instead, we get man's wickedness, his synthetic products, his sorceries, Revelation 18, 23, his sorceries that he puts on the people. That's what we get. And what happens? Well, you see, this is a uh, this was a a quick interview, and then we're going to jump to the scripture to look at this. And I'm going to give you the solution too, because I don't I don't like giving. Here's all the problems. We need a solution. We need solutions here. This is um, a recent. Uh, if you guys have been following the International Crimes Investigative Committee with uh, Reiner Fulmick. Uh, he recently had on a couple of people, this, this one guy that I just want you to hear just a little bit of what he said. Uh, he was one of the participants, Dr. Peter Bragan. And I want you to hear just some of the things about this shot that he, that he's talking about here. The, uh, Reiner will introduce this and then just hear just a, a few minutes. If you want to watch the whole thing, it's almost two hours. Uh, so you can watch it. Sons of Liberty Media.com. I'll drop the link in the chat. But listen, listen to the question posed and then listen to what this guy says. And Dr. Bregan goes on later to say that the, some of the people who've actually gotten the, you know, the batches that came out, it, it was it was kind of basically it, it was a it was a experiment on the public. OK, and they didn't tell the public it was an experiment. And so they did have some that were just saline solutions. They didn't have anything in them. Then you had some that had a little bit of toxicity and some that had a lot of toxicity. And if you go to the expose, um, the UK online magazine, what you'll find is you'll find a link there. Where you can find out if your family or friend or you had this shot, you can find out how toxic your batch was, uh, if you know the number there. Anyway, listen to how he sets this up and then listen to what Dr. Bregan says about this. Definitely, it is definitely scary because you know that some people have been talking about uh, what's the word? There's, I think it's even on the on the WHO's website um, about people who are not people anymore. A very, you know, like from a horror movie. But it now it seems that there is a scientific foundation for this vision, which is a horrific vision. Um, I was going to ask uh, Peter. 
um, because I got a um, I got a short abstract. I think it was uh, your wife Ginger sent it to me, and it includes a piece on lobotomy. And you wrote it uh, many, many years ago. And you are one of the most famous, if not the most famous, um, psychiatrists in the United States. Uh, you stopped experiments on uh, the homeless, on uh, people, on the destitute people who can't defend themselves. You more or less stopped lobotomy. Um, what What do you think, as a psychiatrist, does what what Naomi has seen and what she just explained and what uh, Professor Bhakti uh, looks into and comes up with um, with a scientific conclusion, medical conclusion, does it make sense to, to you or is this totally out of the question? Oh, it makes a great deal of sense. Um, I'd like to actually um, look at a bit of the overview uh, before getting into the clinical details. Naomi's done a very good job of describing some of the clinical phenomena um, but if you look at what are the globalists are trying to do with their plans, with their various efforts, and the, the, it's definitely a matter of, of their being aware mm -hmm. <clears throat> because uh, there's a whole long uh, history of animal experimentation showing that, in fact, the... Uh, lipid nanoparticle uh, packaging, the mRNA, was uh, very harmful to animals and in particular killed them. And in 2020, just as uh, the uh, infamous rush through the FDA around the world, the equivalents of the FDA were taking place, 2020, a a Fauci-funded study out of American universities declared <clears throat> that the mRNA uh, um, platform, which is basically the lipid uh, nanoparticles, was too dangerous to experiment on in humans. So right, at, uh, and all, the, oh, by, all this is in our book, <clears throat> Ginger Bregan and Peter, Peter and Ginger Bregan, which is COVID-19, and the um, global predators, COVID-19 and the global predators, we are the prey. And uh, you can get it on the usual places around the world, um, starting with Amazon. And um, <clears throat> it's both an e-book and a read book and uh, the, the paperback, giant paperback with over a thousand, well over a thousand citations. Um, documents that they knew what they were doing. And this was very hard for me because, you know, I've been in court a lot. You know, I've testified over 100 times in court. And as you, you know, when you do that, you get straight and narrow. You stick to facts. <laughs> you never give them any little inroad into saying you're a conspiracy theorist. And, um, and so if anything, um, as Naomi was suggesting, as a physician and a scientist, I've gotten narrowed. So I was not expecting to find what I'm about to say, which is that the clearly what uh, the damage being done, probably the most important damage being done, the two things are the deaths and the uh, infertility. Now, that is a program 
nearly all the globalists, whether it's uh, Bill Gates or whether it's uh, even Fauci is taught this way in so-called scientific articles or Klaus Schwab or Xi Jinping from China, mm-hmm. they all want to control population. It is one of their dominant ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Gates uh, happily has a whole section on his uh, website of the Gates Foundation about population control. We, it's not something we have to conjure up from his little smiles that he no. gives when he thinks about having fewer human beings. Um, and uh, in creating infertility is one of the ways in which uh, the World Health Organization, and I think also with Gates involved with them in Africa, uh, has used vaccines to deliver um, infertility to people. Uh, used the flu vaccine for, for that, to deliver substances that would cause infertility. So they wanted to cause infertility. It's almost a unanimous mm. view among global predators. We have too many human beings. Okay. So you get the idea of what he's talking about here. And he, he goes on and again, you you heard this idea that he had he was a big authority on the issue of lobotomy. And he said that for a lot of people who've taken this shot, they're having the equivalent of a lobotomy. (laughs) I mean, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, why is all this happening? What's what's gone on? Why are these things happening? Well, again, it goes back to the fact that man is depraved. That is his natural state. The reformers would talk about total depravity. Another, and they didn't mean man could, is as bad as he can be. Okay, what they meant was when they said total depravity, they they meant that the fall when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, that their fall was complete. It was total. Their their bodies were affected. Their minds were affected. Their understanding was affected. Their wills, their emotions, all of it was affected. Everything. There's not a part of our being that has not been affected by, by our sin. Nothing. And so that's what it means to be totally depraved. And we used to understand that in this country. We used to understand what that was. And that's why men faithfully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, because they knew nothing else could change that. That, that man could not change himself. He couldn't clean himself. He couldn't take his dirty heart out. His heart of stone, wash it off, make it soft again, make it a flesh, and then put it back in. He couldn't do that. Go back to Genesis chapter 6 here, and what do we see? We see, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil Continue. I mean, can you imagine that? We're seeing, I got to tell you, we're seeing that in this land quite a bit. We're seeing that just everything coming out, and I just gave you a few examples this morning. Everything coming out of man is this evil. It's this wickedness coming out of his heart. Whether it's the trans delusion crowd whether it's those who are doing all these wicked and evil things in order to remain in some sense of authority, 
where there's those who want to control the population, all of this kind of stuff. We're seeing it. And the Bible says, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now keep in mind this little passage, this next, this is the part of the good news. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What does the scripture say about Man, well, it hasn't changed since that time. It hasn't changed at all. Paul writes about it in Romans chapter 5, or chapter 5, chapter 3, when he makes his argument that both Jews who had the law, who had the covenant of God, and Gentiles who didn't, both of them were subject to the law of God. Because the Gentiles were even doing what the law of God demanded, even though they weren't given the law. Why? Because it was it's part of their nature. It's part of their makeup as the, Im, the, the image bearers of God. Beginning in verse 1, it says, What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much in every way. Chiefly because that unto... Now, it doesn't mean, well, there's... They're saved because they have that. That's not what he's saying. He's saying they've been given a revelation. They were given the word of God. They were given the sign of the covenant. He says, because unto them were committed the oracles of God, the words of God. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. Amen and amen. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? And he says, I speak as a man. God forbid. For then how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? I mean, if God is using me, even in the midst of my sin, why is he judging me as, as a sinner? Because I am one. I am a violator of his law. And he goes on and explains this over in Romans 8 and 9. He begins to un unpack that and show that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And then he also goes on and he talks about election how he shows his mercy to some and not to others. And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just? What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. I, I tell you what, Americans, you got to get it out of your head that man is basically good. You got to get that out of your head. You need to even start thinking about when you say things that are good. Boy, I've caught myself saying, well, that was a good this, or that was a good that. And then I start thinking, I'm going, it, I have to change and say, no, that was entertaining, but it wasn't good. Remember, the Bible says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, right? And boy, I've been caught on that referencing things that I thought were in entertaining or whatever. 
and calling it good. And I, I can't do that anymore. And you shouldn't either, by the way. There's none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. Oh, you seeker-friendly churches out there. There is none that seeketh after God. None. Not on their own. The only reason a man seeks after God is because God went seeking after him. Go read Genesis uh, chapter 3, and you'll find that Adam and Eve did what? Did they go seeking God? No, they went and hid from him, and God had to go find them. And God had to go clothe them. And God had to provide redemption for them. They didn't do it themselves. It was this this whole free will concept is nonsense when it comes to that. Your will acts within the sphere of your ability and your ability you have no ability to please God. This is what Paul's pointing out. None in and of yourself. You don't have it. This is why you need God to come from outside and change your heart and change your will. They all are gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Isn't that what Jesus said? Why do you call me good? Only one's good. That's God. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Now I quote here from the psalm. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Does that sound like some of the stories that we've been pointing out this morning? Yep. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That, that's the state of man in his fallenness. And Paul is not interested in just leaving men, the Roman here, the Roman Christians, the church there at Rome. He's not interested in just leaving them in that state. He wants them to understand the whole picture. And so he goes on and he says, Now we know that what things whatsoever uh, soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. Let me tell you something. The man who continues to make excuses for his sin, to try to justify it, that man is not ready to hear the gospel. And this is why you use the law to shut their mouths. And you guys ever watched, you know, Ray Comfort, for instance, if you've ever watched any of his things, he goes out there and he takes it all, man, just right out there in the open. But he's got a pretty standard message. Bring the law to bear. Bring the gospel. You can't bring the gospel if you don't bring the law. Because the law is that little, little thing that, that, that shows us that we're lawbreakers. And we're in need of a savior from breaking the law. And the consequences of that. If you don't bring the law, you don't have a gospel. You don't. Your gospel is worthless. Because the gospel is about saving lawbreakers. That's what it's about. It's about saving lawbreakers. And Paul makes this, this point. The law is there so that it shuts your mouth, so that you hear the truth of how to be saved from your sin. Your law-breaking, your lawlessness. Well, I'm not a lawbreaker. Yeah, maybe you're like the rich young ruler, but you're caught up in your idolatry. Maybe it's political. Maybe it's your riches. Maybe it's other things. Maybe you don't go out and commit adultery, but you commit it in your heart. Maybe you don't go out and commit murder, but 
You're angry with your brother without a cause in your heart. Maybe you're covetous over the other things. You're a lawbreaker. That's what the scripture says. That's what it teaches. Even at our core, that's part of total depravity. Paul goes on and he says, And all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. No, you can't justify yourself in the deeds of the law. You can't do that. For by the law, watch this, is the knowledge of sin. Again, if you if you're not a if you're a person that just goes around and says, "Well, God loves you, Jesus loves you," and that's what you tell people all the time. Come on, man, that is not what the Scripture holds for. You need to be confronting people, and it doesn't mean you have to be nasty about it. As one, if you're a Christian, you've really been redeemed. If you've really been saved from your sin, then you know what it is to be in that situation. So you're not going to be one that looks down your nose at somebody over that. You're going to be one that understands where they're at and say, look, I understand where you're at because I was there too. And I'm telling you these things for your good in hopes that God might do for you what he did for me. And I'm telling you, if you don't repent of your sin, you're going to die in those sins and you're going to face the judge and you're not going to have an advocate. You're not going to have an inner, you're not going to have the the true uh, intercessor. The Lord Jesus, you're not going to have him. You're going to be standing there naked yourself. And you're going to get a just punishment. And he says this. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Hmm. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference... For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't care if you call yourself a Jew today. You're not one. But that's what you want to call yourself. You're not one. Read Ephesians 2. God has made from the Jew and the Gentile one new man. He's not ripping them apart again. There's only one. You're either in the faith under Christ and considered a true Jew that way, or you're a Gentile. You're outside of that. If you don't have faith in Jesus Christ. And then he says, being freely justified or justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Mm. We're going to go over a little bit because i got a couple more passages I want to hit here. So if you want to catch us, um, sonsoflibertymedia.com, top of the page there, uh, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, or... Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's where we'll finish up um, and we'll hit a couple of these passages and continue the good news part here. So stick with us and uh, we'll pick that up and then catch Bradley at 3 Eastern today. And then Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. bright and early. Talk to you then. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio, and um, let's just let's move along here because there's a couple of things that I wanted to to make mention of, and this one was just fascinating to to me. To uh, we we had our our Sunday school yesterday, and our pastor was in in the Sunday school part. We were in Ezekiel 16, and I just thought as we're talking about this to give people a picture. 
uh, because so many people want to say modern day Israel is God's chosen people and said they're not. Okay, that's not has nothing to do with the Bible. It really doesn't. But when you go back and you look, you need to understand something. God called Abram or Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. He was a pagan. He wasn't a quote unquote Jew, the way people want to re reference that. But he called him out and Abraham followed God. And then later God made a promise to him. And the Bible says that because Abraham believed his promise, he believed God's promise, that it was counted to him for righteousness. What was the promise about? Anybody remember? Yeah, it was about his the promise of the seed and the blessing of the nations. And his, his seed was going to be you know, vast like the stars of the sky or the sand on the, on the shore. And he would follow that up and he would talk about his seed, Christ. Galatians, the book of Galatians, chapter 3, talks about that seed he was talking about wasn't necessarily Isaac, even though Isaac was the physical representation that God had promised him uh, of a child. He was talking about Jesus. He would come and bless the nations. It wouldn't just be for Israel at the time. It would go out through the nations, and he would bring blessing there. But what were they before? Well, Ezekiel chapter 16. This is just fascinating to me. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, and by the way, if you want to hear this, I think they do have this up on the YouTube channel for Bethany ARP, um, Associate Reformed Presbyterian. If you if you want to hear the, the Sunday School lesson from yesterday, um, I think our pastor probably did a much better job than I'll, I'll do with this. But just to make some points here. Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations and say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. It's of the land of Canaan. What happened in the land of Canaan? Well, you had all those wicked people in there. In fact, that was one of the things he told them. He gave them his law. He gave them his covenant. And then he said, I make sure that you don't break this because this is why I'm driving out the people and before you out of the land. They're doing the same things. Okay. And then he says, thy father was an Amorite. Ooh. And thy mother was an Hittite. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. These are the, these are the covenant people of God, right? And Ezekiel comes out and says, your daddy was an Amorite. Your mama was a Hittite. Um, yeah. Highly offensive to the mindset of the people of Israel. What? What'd you say about my mama? What'd you say about my daddy? But he's telling them what they were as a people. He's showing them what they were. They were ungodly. They were sinners like the rest of them. And then he says, And as for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, or they, the umbilical cord wasn't cut. Neither wast thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. So you, you have this picture. Um, those of you who had children... You know, nowadays they they let dad cut the cut the umbilical cord, right? Now, if you're in a hospital, they probably do it almost immediately once they get the baby out. Now, if you if you've got a wise midwife, that midwife is probably going to bring the baby up, and and while you know 
she's working to get the afterbirth out and stuff like this, they leave the umbilical cord attached. Why? Because there's still nutrients and things flowing to the child for several minutes. I think it's up to like 20 or 25 minutes, something like that, um, flowing into the child that's good for them. So they let that take place and then they cut the umbilical cord. But he says here of Israel, he says, it wasn't cut. It wasn't cut. And then he says, you weren't washed. If you've seen babies when they come out, they got blood on them. They got this cheesy looking stuff on them. Sometimes they've defecated in the, in the womb and coming out. So they're, they're nasty and they need to be cleaned. What happens if you don't clean yourself? If you don't have practice good hygiene or you're going to get sick, right? You're going to make yourself sick. So he says, you weren't washed either. Then he says they weren't salted. That one's kind of a strange one. We had a, we had a little bit of a laugh over that one. But they used to use that on the skin to preserve the skin. Nor were they swallowed at all. They were just left out there naked, bloody, dirty, nasty, still had the umbilical cord on. And listen to what he says. None I pitied thee to do any of these unto thee, to have compassion upon thee, but thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Whew. Yeah, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. And you guys had that experience? You're dirty, filthy, sinful, wicked. Maybe some of you even thought you were righteous. You were going to church or you were doing all the sacraments or you're doing your Hail Marys or whatever you're doing. And you thought, oh, God must be really pleased with me. And then God came in and said, boy, you're a dirty person. Live. You heard the real gospel message that changed you, that gave you a new birth. That's what he did for Israel. I saw you like that. I saw you in your nakedness. I saw you in your filthiness. And I came along and I had compassion on you. As he says in Romans 9, I will have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. I'll show mercy to whom I'll show mercy. And I'll harden whom I'll harden. I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field. And thou hast increased and waxen great. And thou art come to excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned and thine hair is grown. Whereas thou wast naked and bare. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was the time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swear unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee. And God keeps his covenant, doesn't he? He sure does, saith the Lord, and thou becamest mine. Then I washed thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. I clothed thee also with broidered work and shod thee with badger skin. All this is a picture of what he was doing there in the old covenant system. If you'll remember the skins that were used, the broidery work, the fine linens of the priests and all of that other stuff that he talks about here. That's the picture that he's given to them. I covered thee with silk. I decked thee also with ornaments and I put bracelets upon thy hands and a chain on thy neck. And I put a jewel on thy forehead and earrings in, thy ear, in thine ears and a beautiful crown upon thy head. Thou wast... 
thus wast thou decked with gold and silver, and thy raiment was of fine linen and silk embroidered work. Thou didst eat fine flour and honey and oil, and thou wast exceeding beautiful, and thou didst prosper into a kingdom. And thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty, for it was perfect through my comeliness, which I had put upon thee, saith the Lord. Was Israel, did Israel gain notoriety? Did they grow as a people, as a covenant people, based on their own works? The keeping of the law? No, because we know from history, they were breaking the law over the place from the moment they entered into the covenant. But God was merciful to them, and he did all these things to them. And now he's showing them some things here. He's saying, this is, this is what I did for you, in verse 15. But thou didst trust in thine own beauty. Mm-mm-mm. Isn't that the way man does? God does for him and does for him and does for him. And then man wants to take the credit for it. I did this, and boy, I hear it with the salvation issue. It was my will. I did this. Hmm. You better be careful putting your hands on God's glory, friends. You only respond to what God does in you. Period. That's it. You only respond to what God does in you. Thou didst trust in thine own beauty and played the harlot because of thy renown. You got prideful. And you started going after other gods. And you poured us out thy fornications on everyone that passed by. His it was. And of thy garments thou didst take and deckest uh, thy high places with diverse colors and platest the harlot thereupon. The like thing shall not come, neither shall it be so. Thou hast also taken thy fair jewels of my gold and my silver, which I had given thee, and madest of thyself images of men, and didst commit whoredom with them. See, he uses those, those terms of infidelity for their spiritual adultery. And tookest the broidered garments, and coveredest them, and thou hast set mine oil and mine incense before them, my meat also which I gave thee, fine flour and oil and honey wherewith I fed thee. Thou hast even set it before them for a sweet savor, and thus it was, saith the Lord God. I mean, all the blessings that God had given his covenant people, they took those blessings, and instead of offering back to God, as thanks to him, what did they do? They went to their idols and offered it. Oh, friends, you want to talk about a violation of the third commandment? See, some people think that's just saying GD. It's not. It re That really doesn't have anything to do with it, to tell you the truth. God is not his name. It's a title. But they claim to be Yahweh's. And then they played the harlot with other gods. And the Bible says that God is a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers to the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate him. But showing mercy to thousands to those who love him and keep his commandments. That's in the command. The third command. Go read it. I know modern church has whittled down the commands to like three words for each command or something. But there's a whole thing there for that third command. The second one too, by the way. So he says, this is what they've done. Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and daughters whom thou hast borne unto me, and thou hast, and these hast thou sacrificed unto them to be devoured. 
Is this of thy whoredoms a small matter, that thou hast slain my children and delivered them to cause them to pass through the fire for them? This is the, the, the worship of Moloch. Is anybody seeing any parallels to the United States of America? Who had a rich Christian heritage four or five hundred years ago? And as time progressed, now nah, we thought we were more enlightened. We thought we could do it a little better than, than what God had said. But we began to depart from that, and now look where we're at. Same thing. We may not be pitching babies into the refuse pile or in the arms of a heated up idol, but we don't have any problem beheading them and dismembering them in the womb, do we? And my goodness, I, California has passed a thing out of their house, I think, to allow for the murder of children up until 28 days. And we're not even ashamed of it. God have mercy. And in all thy abominations and thy whoredoms, thou hast not remembered the days of thy youth, when thou wast naked and bare and wast polluted in thy blood. And it came to pass after all thy wickedness, woe, woe unto thee, saith the Lord God, that thou hast also built unto thee an eminent place and hast made thee an high place in every street. Thou hast built thy high place at every head of the way, and hast made thy beauty to be abhorred, and hast opened thy feet to everyone that passeth by and multiplied thy whoredoms. They just play the whore with whoever they can find. Whatever makes them feel good. And by the way, you see a lot of this stuff going on in the modern megachurches. God is to be worshipped in spirit and truth in the way he is instructed. And now we got people coming in wanting to do all kinds of different kinds of worship that God never said should be a part of his worship. You remember Aaron's sons? They got all excited. They were worshiping God the way they were supposed to. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says they, they, they went in, they, they, they offered strange fire. What is strange fire? It was something that God said, don't do. It, he, he didn't say not to do it, but he didn't say to do it. So they just thought, well, we're excited about this and this feels good. So we want to go do it. And God sent fire down and consumed them. If your church is playing around with things in worship that God didn't say to have in there, you might want to be very careful about being in there. That's a dangerous place to be. And we got people doing all kinds of weird stuff now. Slaying in the spirit and laughing in the spirit and all this other stuff. That's foreign to scripture. Central to the people of God gathering is the word of God. Prayer, fellowship, the breaking of bread. That those four things, those four elements are the things that you see when the church comes together in the book of Acts. And then from that, they're to be instructed for the ministry. Not in the church, outside the church. The church is to be a place of encouragement, of instruction, of battle plans laid out, if you will. It used to be called the church militant. It's not really called that much now. It's more like the church social club. But the church is to be that which instructs the people for the work of the ministry, Ephesians chapter 4. That's why God gives gifts to men to be used in that capacity. And here they are doing what they're doing. 
Thou hast committed fornication with the Egyptians, thou, thy neighbor. These are the people of God. How much more are the people who were not the people of God? And, and, you know, I can say something for the people who weren't the people of God. They were faithful to their gods, even though they were false gods, even though they were idols, even though they were nothing. They were faithful to those gods. And yet the people of God who had seen the hand of God's deliverance, his providence, his protection over them, his long-suffering and mercy towards them, they would not be faithful to God to save their own lives. You get the idea of what's going on here. But there are those who overcome. They overcome this stuff. And this is the difference of what I talk about, about when I say doom and gloomers. They see all the bad stuff, and the only thing they can utter is, boy, I hope Jesus comes back soon. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. For 2,000 years, Christians before you have been seeing all kinds of wicked things too. Many of them enduring persecutions, their own murders, everything, all this kind of stuff. And they were overcomers. Check out these passages of Scripture here. This is from Revelation chapter 12. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony is important, people. If, you have, if you've been born again, your testimony is vital in the witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it is real. People can see it in your life, or they should be able to see it in your life. And they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore, rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Hmm. Why? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Romans tells us in chapter 8, it says, For if you live by after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Are you, making, are you making excuses for your sin? Oh, everybody does it. Oh, I just do it every day. And you just don't really think seriously about that. I want to check yourself and examine yourself. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. It's not been shown what we shall be just yet, but when we see him, we will be like him. 
The psalmist wrote, Oh, the, t- the day that I wake up in the likeness of you. Not that he's wanting to be God, but he wants to be rid of sin. He wants to be rid of its presence, of its power, of all of it. And you know, the scripture does tell us the whole world lieth in the lap of the wicked one. First John 5, 19. But it tells us how we overcome him. It tells us how we overcome him. And I don't know why the church has not grabbed hold of this yet. Maybe it's because God has just let us go in our sin. That our sin might bring us to an end to where we recognize we're not doing this. The church at large in the United States has done exactly what Israel did there that he points out in Ezekiel chapter 16. They've taken their blessings and they've ahored them out. They team up with Islam. They team up with Rome. They team up with Buddhists and they team up with sodomites and they team up with transdelusionals and they team up with, you know, wicked men in government. They're just a whoring. That's what they're doing. God's a jealous God. And I'm telling you, the churches that are doing that, he's written Ichabod over it. The spirit, the glory has departed. They don't have any glory of God. They know nothing of the glory of God. They're just like Israel, flaunting their adulteries and their spiritual immoralities. What is the solution? It's very simple. It's very simple. You ready for it? One word. Repentance. Stop a whoring. Stop committing adultery. Stop your sexual, your, 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 your spiritual immorality. Stop violating the law of God, both in your heart and your mind and in your actions and your words. You know, some people want to justify things that come out of their mouth that they say. Oh, you know, I know everybody does that. I know I shouldn't do it. Well, if you shouldn't do it, stop doing it. James says, if you know to do good, and do it not at sin, how much more that? For as a, you know, what comes out of your mouth is in your heart, friends. It's in your heart. The people of God are going to, ha- and I'm preaching to me here. I'm not just pointing a finger out there. I, I preach to me. These ears hear exactly what I'm saying, and they're saying it to me too. The people of God are going to have to repent. If we want to see God's blessing really come, that's what we're going to have to do. And then we're going to have to get busy about doing what Jesus said. We're going to have to make him known to this wicked world. And that means in every aspect, in governments, in schools, in the marketplace, Wherever your sphere of influence is, you're going to have to make him known. And you're only going to do that if you're going to be repentant. If you're not going to be repentant, stop naming the name of Christ. May God grant us such repentance 
and may he get the glory for it. I, I really want to see such a change in America and throughout the world. I'd like to, I'd like to see it that men demand the commands, the statutes and the judgments of God be enforced and that they exalt his Christ as a savior of sinners. I want to see that. I really want, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that in such a fashion, but I want to see that. Do you want to see that? It starts with you. It starts with me and repentance before God, being reconciled to him through his son, the Lord Jesus. Bradley, be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then we'll be back with you in the morning, bright and early, 6 a.m., Lord willing. Talk to you then. See ya.